The grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is the beginning of our Old Testament reading for this past Sunday, the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 45, verses 1 to 3, where Isaiah was inspired to write. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. My dear friends in Christ, when you were young, when I was young, well, most of us probably at different times wanted a dog or a cat for a pet if we didn't already have a dog or a cat in our homes. And if you didn't have a pet and you were trying to convince your parents, well, what you probably did is you just probably said over and over again that your mom and dad, they wouldn't have to do anything at all. You'd completely do everything to take care of the pet that you hope to adopt into your family. And, well, what often is the case is after some, some pleading, many parents end up giving in to the request of their children for that, that new pet. And maybe at first when you got that pet, you were a good pet owner. You did absolutely everything for that pet, but then after some time went by, maybe something else happened, something else piqued your interest, and all of a sudden that pet that you were going to do absolutely everything for, it became forgotten, at least by you, and mom and or dad, ended up having to do all the work of caring for the pet. In our reading for today, we're looking at a time in Israelite history when Israel may have felt a little bit like the pet forgotten by its master. Israel felt as if God had forgotten her. And as we consider some of the things that are going on in our world today, the wars, rumors of wars, the, the shootings, the natural disasters, and oh, just the general rejection of the Lord that's existing in our world today, as we think about all of those things, there probably are plenty of people in our world today who may wonder if God has forgotten us, if God is moving on from us because he doesn't care about us anymore because we're not worth his effort. Maybe we've wondered at times if God has forgotten us as individuals. But when we look at the situation that's in Israel here, we'll see that, well, it's clear that God hadn't forgotten them. 
nor has he forgotten us in our world today. So when we are inclined to ask, has God forgotten us? Well, we can see that he hasn't, nor could he. He controls world affairs, and he does that so that hopefully all people may end up knowing the Lord, knowing the promises of God. The prophet Isaiah, he served the southern kingdom of Judah about 740 to 695 B.C. About 712 B.C., that's when the Holy Spirit inspired him to write the prophecy that is recorded in our book today, in our reading today, as he talked about this prophecy dealing with the Jews returned from their Babylonian captivity. And that return from the Babylonian captivity, well, the Babylonian captivity, it began about 606 BC. And the first return of the Jewish exiles to Palestine, that took place in 536 BC. And I'm giving you these dates not because I want you to be able to compete in a trivia contest. The dates are interesting. I don't expect you to remember them, but I share them with you to show the power of prophecy. In 712 BC, God told Isaiah what was going to happen almost 200 years later. He told Isaiah about a return from a captivity that hadn't even begun, hadn't even begun yet. And during that captivity, as I said before, what probably was the case for the Jews is that they may have wondered if God had forgotten about them, if he had abandoned them. And such concerns, such worries, would have been, of course, without warrant, because from Isaiah we can see that the Lord already had a schedule of events planned out for what would happen with his people. See, the Lord controls world affairs for the good of his people. The Cyrus, who is mentioned in our reading, he began as a leader of a small nation. His power gradually grew, and he defeated many nations rather easily. Babylon had been a huge world power and a great empire that no one could withstand. But Babylon's power was waning as the years went by. When Cyrus invaded Babylon, actually Babylon was kind of powerless. Now, it still was a strong, powerful nation, but it was resting on its laurels too much. They thought, we're a great, powerful nation. No one could defeat us. So they had this wild party. And Cyrus was just kind of able to march on in, take over, and kill the Babylonian king. But why did Cyrus succeed like that? Well, Isaiah wrote, This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, 
whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. See, it wasn't Cyrus and it wasn't chance, but it was God alone who was responsible for Cyrus's victory. The Lord said to Cyrus, I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places. Cyrus, he may have been inclined to look at his accomplishments and say, look at what I've done. He may have been inclined to boast that way, but it was really God. Cyrus was the Lord's instrument to get done what God wanted to have done according to his schedule of events. Now, tragically, like Cyrus, we may at times be inclined to say, look at what I've done. But the Apostle Paul, he says, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Recognizing that, well, not only will the Lord never forget us, but what the Lord's always doing is always working in our lives to do what's always best for our eternal souls. He'll never forget us. He's always working for us. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thanks for reminding us that you'll not only never forget us, but you are always working in our lives for our eternal good. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always.